0: On today's show, we talk about vocalizing your pleasure during sex when you moan or make other noises.
1: And I want you to think about this quote as we open today's show. Hearing you moan is the sexiest sound ever. I would agree. Some of you are just like, you're going to just pause right there on that quote. You're You're thinking, is that true? Well, that's why we're doing today's show. But first we start every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And this hug comes from a post that was in the one family group. And you know, one of the beautiful things about the hugs is that it's an opportunity for you to hear what other couples are doing, how they're having breakthrough. And this couple starts with today is day 100 of our sex challenge and still going. That's 100 for those of you that are like, did she just say 100? I did.
0: Unbelievable.
1: They say, wow. Did, yeah. Didn't mean for it to be a challenge per se, but it has ended up that way. Now every day I find myself in awe of how fantastic marriage and sex can be again. Mm-hmm. Listen to this l- next line. It was all it all was rekindled after thirty years. These are not newlyweds.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Thirty years.
1: Because of finding and listening to this podcast, it has opened up the lines of communication that had been closed off somehow after years of up and down humdrum marriage. Can't thank you guys enough. 100 days, 30 years married. Don't tell me, don't tell me that you can't transform your marriage.
0: That's a we did it like no other. I I love it.
1: I'm just saying, you know, because I mean, clearly we're talking about sex in today's show. If we're talking about moaning and vocalization and, you know, you get a, you get a hug like this that comes in and it's just like, I mean, could it have been any more perfect? Because I'm pretty sure in a hundred days there was likely some vocalization going on for this couple.
0: I would, I would think think so. so.
1: I would think so, and you know, for for Tony and I, we had recently had sex in the house. Everybody was in their own room, you know, kids, you know, our roommate. Everybody was in their own rooms, but and we knew that everybody was home and likely everyone was awake, mm-hmm. right? And so because of this, we had to be more quiet than we would if we've got the house to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the next day I had um I'd made the comment to Tony that it was amazing how good sex can be even when. You have to be conscious of the sounds that you're making. And I, and I have to tell you, this is such a far cry from the Elisa that Tony married almost 25 years ago. Tony's like, okay, say whatever you want to say about me 25 years ago. Go for it.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I would, well, I mean, sex 25 years ago and in, in specifically around vocalization or mm-hmm. moaning was, was non-existent Yeah, for sure. And, and it was interesting though, because Elisa even making that where there were, Still, sounds, vocalization. Even though we knew everybody was awake, and how intense it was, even in that sort of muffled, um, I don't want to say sort of suppressed, but it wasn't suppressed because there was still this so this intensity that was happening, even though it wasn't what we would normally think about. Moaning or vocalization would happen during sex.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it's so funny because I, I think back to early Married Alisa, E M A, early Married Alisa. And uh, yeah, vocalization, like Tony would beg, you guys beg me to give him some clue as to what was going on. And so yeah. I, I share all of that to say that, that it's a journey right as we enter yeah. into this show it's a journey sure because though. it's not just it's not just our marriage that has experienced this dynamic but you know think about what we see right if you watch anything that has a sex scene in it right and that's pretty much all tv and movies these days um you, you don't really see quiet sex scenes right that that's generally not there's verbalization, there's vocalization, there are, people are making sounds. That's partly how you know it is, because like you could be in the other room and you're like, oh, that clearly is a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so that conditions us to think, oh, it has to sound a certain way. Right. And and so we're conditioned to go, okay, well, well, I don't know if I can sound like that. Right. And so a lot of times that will prevent us.
0: Or it's the we don't sound like that, or I don't sound like that. And so exactly where you're going with that. It prevents us from actually engaging in our sexual intimacy in this way, in that vocalization or that moaning or groaning, whatever it may be for you, because you're putting yourself up against a standard Mm -hmm. that isn't honestly attainable. And you know what? It's not you.
1: Right. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, the the other part of that is that you're often in those portrayed scenes, and that's that's what I'm just going to call it. um, All of the vocalization is really around orgasm. True. Right. I mean, go back to when Harry met Sally. Right. The quintessential scene of her, you know, literally faking the orgasm, so making those sounds. But it was all about about the sound related to orgasm. And I think we've also been conditioned to think that vocalizations only come around orgasm. So it's not necessarily even if we're having pleasure. It's just oh, this is this Ooh, is the time and place good. where you orgasm. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Sexual intimacy isn't just orgasm. Like we didn't call it orgasm intimacy. It's titled sexual intimacy because it's all your sexual behaviors. So just kind of thinking through that, even as we're talking like that hadn't actually come up, even as I was preparing the show that when are, when do we associate sounds? Right. Are are we quiet up until the point of orgasm? And this goes for both men and women, or can we start to expand our horizons to go, what does it look like to actually be able to share the pleasure leading up to orgasm? Right. And and there's, can can I just share
0: one thing? And as we talk about this, This is for both husband and wife.
1: Thank you. That's a good point. Because
0: uh, Elisa said something, these sex scenes that are portrayed, typically it is only the woman that you will hear. That is is typically what is happening. Mm -hmm. And I will say, guys, you also need to come to your marriage bed and your sexual intimacy with an ability... To express pleasure mm-hmm. so your spouse can understand what's going on. And that, again, is something that Elisa and I have had to learn over the years. She, she's, she you know, was just talking about herself in the early years of me saying, hey, come on. But I think, and actually I know, it wasn't like I was over there vocalizing myself either. That has become a learned skill and something that we've been able to build together throughout years of just testing and trying and going, okay, what happens if I do mm-hmm. open up my mouth? So guys, it, this is also you as well.
1: And I'm glad you bring that up because I think a lot of women feel like the vocalization has to fall on their shoulders. And, and so because of that, there's actually been quite a bit of research okay. done on um, on women and vocalization. And there was an article in the archives of sexual behavior in June of 2011 okay. that just talked about like, when do women tend to vocalize. And I just want to say, this is piggybacking on Tony's last comment, that even though the study was done for women, I actually think these are these principles could apply to men. Mm-hmm. Um, they vocalize, women vocalize to speed things up or out of boredom mm. or if they're in pain. And uh, I, I just want to side note, if you are in pain, please tell your spouse. Please tell your spouse. And if your spouse tells you they're in pain, stop what you're doing and figure out what's going on. Um, peop- women will vocalize to make their husbands feel good. And sometimes they just don't vocalize because don't want the kids to hear or -hmm. anybody else living in your house. Um, There's this perception that good girls Mm -hmm. don't do that. Maybe it feels awkward or embarrassing or you're faking it because you're just not being stimulated. And again, you're trying to rush things, right? And so we get into this place where whether you're vocalizing or you're not, it it gets really confusing because sometimes people vocalize when things are good and sometimes people vocalize, but sometimes people just don't vocalize at all. Mm -hmm. And so we need to actually take a look at this because we humans were like notoriously good at complicating our sex lives. (laughs) Like something that could be so beautiful and so simple. We can actually through that lack of vocalization create an environment in our marriages where there's confusion, where there's doubt, where there's insecurity, Hmm. because think about it. If you want to know how your spouse is doing, you read their body language and you also listen to what they're saying right? So their body language may still be saying, yeah, we're doing this. But if you aren't getting some of those verbal cues, let's say you got your eyes closed. You don't have any verbal cues. You don't actually know. You literally could just be going through the motions because there's nothing auditory being spoken there. And it can get you to this place where, where you get in your head, literally, and I'm talking about the head on top, not for guys, not the lower head, and, and be wondering, okay, like I'm, I'm, did my spouse have an orgasm? right? Is he into it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. Was the sex good? Did I do okay? Did he like it? Was she faking it? You can get into like, there's no communication and I'm going to, you know, we're talking moaning. We're talking, you know, vocalizations that could be like, Hey, that feels really good. Or I like it when you do that or touch me there or more, whatever vocalizations, like we're not giving you a prescribed Bible of vocal sexual vocalizations. It, it's going to be this experimentation of what works for the two of you. But what what I want to say is that as extraordinary couples, we actually need to step into a place where we bring the emotional intimacy along for the ride when we're engaging in se- sexual intimacy. Your pillars do not stand by themselves.
0: Correct. Right? Th- right. They
1: all have to be strong, but they are so intertwined. You guys, this is, this is a prime example of emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy, literally being married in the bedroom.
0: Mm-hmm. And don't forget, emotional intimacy is that verbal and nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. So verbal is us talking. That nonverbal communication can be the cues that we have, but it could also be those moans, those mm-hmm. those that vocalization of pleasure that we are sharing with one another during sex. And this can be, hey, this can be as you're in foreplay, mm-hmm. right? This is foreplay leading up to orgasm, whatever that may be.
1: And it's, you know, we have to look at it because um, researchers, actually, uh, Dr. Emily Morse went and, you know, was looking at this correlation between moans and inhibition and arousal and found that there's a direct correlation between increasing moans, lowering inhibitions, and enhancing arousal. And, And so getting to this place where the The more you moan, basically, okay. if I can extrapolate on this, the more you moan, it's or verbalized lowers your inhibitions and can enhance arousal. And I, I love how she actually goes into this a little bit more and says, "An authentic moan, keyword, authentic. The fake ones don't count." Will naturally open our throats and deepen our breath, which can lead to more powerful orgasms.
0: Which I think that's it. That's interesting. So. Naturally, because I, I'm just taking us back to a place where there was that good season there of faking it.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I was a pro, guys.
0: Yeah. I was a total pro. And I think about that, that season and where we are now, how it's natural. You, you can tell it. You can, you, you can tell, you can, you can feel it. And, um, the orgasm, the pow- that, that, the intensity of the orgasm has completely changed for you.
1: Oh, oh, I am like, I think back on my fake orgasms compared to my real orgasms. And I got to tell you, real is so much better. Like, like not even in the same. And, and part of the reason for this, and I just want to explain this real quick. Yeah, please. Um, it, and to give you an analogy that she uses. So I'm totally borrowing this from Dr. Emily. Uh, she, she shares that it's kind of like if you watch a tennis match, right? And some of the greatest tennis players, what do you hear them do as they're hitting their shot? They grunt really loudly. Oh yeah. Like incredible. And I used to think, I'm like, Oh, that's so annoying. Like why do some of these people do this? And, Cause others don't. Well, statistically speaking, it actually increases and puts more power on those shots. Like, mm. so they, uh, that, that, Inhalation, exhalation, sound, and everything that their body does in that moment gives them more empower, makes their shots more intense. If it's good for the tennis players,
0: then it's the same thing for us is that when we're moaning and vocalizing, that allows us to have that intensity mm-hmm. during our sexual intimacy.
1: And, and I know some of you are thinking, okay, Tony, Lisa, that's great. Uh, so we've got this whole tennis analogy that, you know, if I grunt more, it'll be more intense. You're telling me that, you know, it, it, it'll create, like you figured it out, but what about us? Mm-hmm. Right. And we get it. We know that when we do a show like this, there are some of you rolling your eyes right now and going, I don't think this is going to work. I don't know if this will work for me. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is we, we need to dig deeper into this, get past that place of being awkward or weird. And we're going to do that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 Face Topical Supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 Eye Supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. We're back and we're talking about moaning or other vocalizations during sex. And, yeah, you know, as I was prepping for the show, um, the song from The Sound of Music went through my head. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start um, <laughs> because, you know, we, we need to get into this place where, where you start going, okay, do, do we even talk about sex like outside of the bedroom? right? Because the ability to to vocalize and explain what's going on with you inside of the bedroom, it actually comes from an overflow of your comfort level for the two of you being able to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when Tony and I you know, started with the 60 Day Sex Challenge and started talking about sex more frequently and more comfortably, I mean, people r- routinely tell us, I can't believe how comfortable you are with the word sex. I'm like, I just it's just parvo. It. But the, the easier this conversation got between that, the easier it was to talk about A, what was happening in the bedroom, or even to be fully present, engaged, and verbal in the bedroom.
0: Yeah. And that comfortability came over time. And because of that, Elise and I realized there were 19 questions that we had of each other when it came to our sexual intimacy. And so we have an awesome guide called 19 questions to amazing sex. You guys can check it out at one extraordinary marriage.com slash 19 questions, but that engages that emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. Go on a drive, pull that out and ask each other some questions. Now you don't have to answer and ask all 19 in one shot. You may, you know, you may have, you may take a half a day and just go for it Mm -hmm. for, for some of you. Awesome. Go, go do that for others of you. You, you need some self-confidence. Like you, you need to build that confidence between each other again. And, and we get that. We go through those times, even in our sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. we, we still go through those times where we're, it's sort of ebbing and flowing and and we need to build up our confidence again. So we'll pull out our 19 questions and we'll start asking those again. Like, what's it like? What What do you want? So I understand again, because we're in this new season, we're in this new place. Things have changed a bit.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, as you go through that, you're going to learn about your spouse, right? You're going to learn about yourself, right? Even you answering these questions will help you just to get more clarity, right? And the more clarity that you have about self really translates into what the two of you do in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And after you've gone through that, or even just started that, that exercise of going through those questions, you, you got to get in touch with the person that you walk around with all day. That mm-hmm. would be you, right? Why do you or don't you vocalize? Right? Seriously like like pretend Tony and I were sitting across the table from you and asking you the question. You know? Do you vocalize? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, why? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, why? Right? Fig start going on this journey of figuring out where you've been. Right? Because it's it's literally impossible, folks, to communicate what's going on with you if you don't know yourself.
0: And and I just wanna say with the with this vocalization. There's a beauty to it. There, there, There's something about that within your marriage bed that allows the two of you to connect. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share that you, you need to take the thoughts of what you've seen or what you've heard through movies, TV, whatever. This is about you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think the faster you begin to get to this place, where it's you and your spouse, this is you guys making this amazing moment, Mm -hmm. going on this amazing sexual intimacy journey, that's where you get to this place where you're like, oh, I can moan like that? Great, again, It's how you guys do it.
1: And I would say I can moan instead of I can moan like that because don't compare yourself to anyone else. That's right. right? I, I mean, I think there was probably a, going back to when Harry met Sally, I think there was probably a generation of women who loved that movie. And there was probably a generation of men who every orgasm sounded like the scene in the diner. Just straight up it was there on TV. We thought that's what it had to sound like or in the movies. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that movie. Okay. This is not a bash on that movie. I'm just saying from, from a sexual intimacy standpoint, when you hear things, when you think, oh, this is what my spouse is expecting. This is what I think I'm supposed to do. This is how I think I'm supposed to perform. Let's go back to the research. It only increases the intensity if it's an authentic moan. So if you're pretending to be someone you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get that, that intensity. Yeah. right? You're going to be thinking, it's understanding, you know, what does this look like to actually explore this with my spouse? What are my concerns about, about t- oh, like opening my mouth? A- and it may be, I think I'm going to sound weird mm-hmm. or it feels really awkward. Well, sure. The first time you rode a bike was really awkward too, but that didn't keep most of you from not riding a bike.
0: And you'll also learn together that there are different times for different there, there are different modes and vocalization for different times in different places. It's completely different when there's no one at the home, when there's no one at the house 100%. than when there are. And we experienced that just this week in mm-hmm. the intensity was still there, but there's a completely different when you go to a hotel and those around you, who cares? Like they can hear you. They would, if that's who you are. I mean, I've been a place where I'm just like, I don't care if you hear us or you, you don't. I mean... We're here, we're, we may walk by you. Great, you knew I had an awesome night of sex. Rock on and I'm never going to see you again. So that can change as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and it's getting into this place too. And I want to encourage you to ask this question of your spouse this week. How How do my vocalizations affect you? Right? When, when I'm able to vocalize, because I think if... If we knew and understood, and this goes back to, we've done so many shows on the power of words, yeah, right? And, and this is this non-spoken word communication, although for some of you it may be words, right? Yeah. But we're, we're getting into just general vocalizations. If you knew that those sounds would actually amplify the sexual experience for the two of you, would you be willing to do it? Would you be willing to try it? If you knew that... that your spouse hearing you vocalize saying, oh, that feels good or more or, oh, or whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually increased their sexual pleasure, would you step into that place? Because I know for me, and, I, and this goes both ways, but I'm just, I got the mic right now. I know for me that when I hear Tony, it actually is a turn on. It does get, and, and it helps my head to stay in the game. It's much harder for me to wander if I hear that he's having pleasure. Because I'm like, oh, well, this is clearly working. Let's do more of this. Mm -hmm. And and so I just want to encourage you this week, like the two of you start this conversation, right? How can you create an environment where you choose to vocalize with one another, where you, you try it, not with, you know, I mean, yes. Have there been times we've made really weird sounds Tony's laughing. So, you know, the answer is yes. Yes.
0: Sure. But
1: when it's authentic and it's in the moment, you're fully engaged and fully present, it doesn't matter what the sound is because ultimately it's a sound of pleasure and that's a shared sound for the two of you.
0: Yeah. Um, I I just want to say for those of you who do, continue, continue, continue trying new things, right? Especially when it comes to that vocalization. I think Elisa and I have found this out in our own marriage in, in the recent past. For those of you who haven't, I'd encourage you this week, when you do have sex with your spouse, maybe even before that, just talk and be like, hey, this week, this next time we have sex, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna and I'm gonna start moaning. I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. Take the step and know that it's a journey. It's not a one and done it's not oh it just we, we i did it once and that was it no go on that journey because i will tell you and i elisa would agree with this that as we have gone on this of moaning and vocalization it honestly has strengthened our sexual intimacy
1: 100
0: so go do that this week you guys have a great one and we'll catch you next week love you guys